What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Welcome. Yes, welcome, guys. Now, uh, if you don't know what Pillow Talk is, that's where we talk about everything pop culture and in the news. So let's get it started. Now, um, over the weekend, there was a story on Shade Room about a father and his son. His son was being bullied. They were uh, they live in Houston. And... Um, he decided to go to the school and try to get it resolved. The school did nothing, so he talked to the bully. And I guess after talking to the bully, he fi- he realized that the bully was only bullying because he believed that the bully didn't have, I guess, clean clothes and new clothes. So he decided to take the bully uh, on a shopping spree. So the bully was being bullied himself. Right. That's Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So he took him on a shopping spree and um, people were talking about it all weekend. You know, some people were saying it's a great thing and that's, you know, that's what it, it takes. It takes a village to, to raise a child. And some people was like, I, I wouldn't do it. I, you know, I necessarily wouldn't have done it. And I thought about it. You know, we talked about it on, on, on a breakfast club and I don't think I would have did it either. You know, it's just from somebody that was 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 bullied in school and somebody that was dealing with being bullied because our kids were bullied uh for a little bit i don't think i would mm, i guess reward a bully for bullying my child and you know for my child i wouldn't want him to think that he came to me for protection or came to me because he had a problem and it resulted in me taking the other child on a shopping spree Especially mm-hmm. at age eight, when I think a lot of kids don't necessarily understand. Um, so that was my stance. Um, now, the fact that the young boy, I believe, needed clothes and was homeless and didn't have uh, clothes, that's that's a different conversation, in my opinion. For me, the first thing would be was to make sure that my son was OK and to make sure that my son was good. Because if this kid bullied uh, my son, I would think about it. What happened if another kid did it? What happened if another kid did it? What happened if another kid did it? And not only that, you know, um, was I starting a precedent? Meaning if one kid bullies my son, I take him on a shopping spree. And what happened if another kid bullies my son? And, you know, I I just wouldn't. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. And I think the first thing I would want to do is protect my son and make sure my son was good and make sure he was able to protect himself. I just remember being a kid and uh, being bullied and coming home upset. And my dad told me, yeah, look, this is life. You know, if you stand up to somebody nine times out of 10, you'll never have to stand up again. He said, you, you, whether you win or you lose, you're not going to win every fight. You're not going to lose every fight. But the fact that you stand up to somebody will show everybody else in that school that, look, I'm no punk and you can try whether I win or lose. I'm going to fight. And I remember the day after school, you know, I got into an incident and I threw the basketball right at the bully's face. And, you know, after school, we fought and he beat me up. But it wasn't about that. It was more about I stood up and I never had a problem again. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's what I think is needed sometimes. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's the way I would I would handle it. What do you think? Well, I think that it's important to stand up to bullies. I think that if a bully thinks that they can get away with taking advantage of you and intimidating you day after day that they'll continue to do it. Um, But I think that this little boy, from what we know of the story, did what he was supposed to do. He came home and he told his parents. Correct. We don't know if he stood up to the bully. We don't know what he's being taught at home regarding bullying. But at the end of the day, what we do know is that he went home and 
he spoke to his parents. Right. His parents, in my opinion, or his father, did what he was supposed to do. He went to the school to seek assistance. When he didn't receive any assistance, he went to the kid himself, which is a bold move because, you know, some parents would be upset that an adult approached their child. But apparently he's he's sane and he has his wits together and he must have approached his child in a delicate enough way where this child felt comfortable enough to tell him what was really going on, Mm -hmm. which was that he was being bullied himself right, for being homeless, maybe for not having clothes and shoes and whatnot. And the father did what I think that any compassionate, empathetic person would do. And not to say that anybody would take the kid shopping, but he opened up he opened up his mind to what the child was sharing with him and he cared. Right. And clearly he took it a step further and said, you know what? Well, if this is what's ailing the child and causing him to be disruptive and this is what's, you know, really stirring him and putting him in a bad place to a point where he wants to harm other children clearly he doesn't have the guidance clearly he doesn't have a home base or people to influence him to do right Mm -hmm. so i'm going to do what i can right for him you know what's i mean obviously i don't know what he spent what's maybe a few hundred dollars to take a kid that needs the essentials shopping Mm -hmm. so that's what he did he showed him compassion and empathy and he opened up his heart and he opened up his wallet and he opened up his time to him. And that could have changed that child's life forever because what we know is that the bully and the child being bullied became friends afterward. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's all that that child needed, someone to pay attention to him because what he was doing was clearly acting out. Right. And, you know... He's eight. He's eight years old. He's past being a toddler. An eight-year-old has, you know, some sense about him. But I don't think that even at the age of eight, kids turn into bullies because they just want to be mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, they do it because either it's something that they inherited genetically, you know, because. A lot of times our personalities and our disposition mm-hmm. are things that we get honestly from our parents or our grandparents or, you know, someone in our lineage right. or because of what they're being taught, how they're being raised mm-hmm. or based on the fact that they're not being raised and they're not being taught right. and they're left to their own devices. So when it's a child that's acting out like that, you have to look a little bit further and as adults, we can't just say, oh, this little jerk, oh, this little a-hole, oh, this little, you know, this little kid that's hurting my child. It's as an adult that cares, I think it takes a lot for a person to look past the hurt that their child is experiencing to see, like, what's the root of the the problem. And I have to be honest, because like you mentioned a little while ago, Our kids have gone through a bit of bullying here and there. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to look at other kids that are hurting your kids as little jerks. Right. And all you want is for it to stop and you want for the child to be punished and 
for them to get what they deserve in a sense. But you got to be bigger than that. You have to look at the situation. There was um, a particular child that was bullying Logan. And after I spoke to the kid's father, I kind of understood why the kid was the way that he was. His father was a jerk. Right. His father was a jerk and kind of encouraged that kind of behavior. He was short-sighted. He was small-minded. He wasn't providing a good example for his son. And in that moment, I became a lot more understanding of the child. And what was making me upset with the child made me less upset because... I didn't find that the child was completely responsible. So you kind of live and you learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not saying that your first concern, and you know, we all know you. You are hyper-focused on your family, protecting, providing, and your first concern is always going to be your kids. Correct. So I'm not taking away taking it away from you and saying that you don't teach Logan or Madison or any of the other kids how to protect themselves, how to deal with a bully, how to stand up for themselves. But what I'm saying is in life in general, I find that we just have to be open minded and think about more than the immediate. Think about a little bit more than what's right in front of us. Don't just be like, OK, well, there's a problem how do I deal with this problem? Think about, well, why is there a problem? Right. Why? You know, for, for sometimes I'll be honest with you. I don't care why I honestly don't care why. And I'm explaining to you. Um, for me, it's, it's a matter about the, the victim, right? And the person that's being hurt and the person that is hurt, mm-hmm. which, um, let's say it's my child that's being hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care about the bully's feelings, What I want to do is make sure my son is or my daughter is good. And the reason I say that is you hear a lot of times about people committing suicide, people being depressed, people being in a dark place because they are being bullied and they feel like there's nothing that they can do. So my first reaction on everything is making sure my kids have the confidence where they never are in that dark hole. And who said that that can't be your first reaction? But 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 that's my first reaction. And it can be. And I don't care about necessarily about that Ah, other kid. See, but there's the problem. Let me finish. For me, it's making sure my kid can stand up for themselves and uh, and understand and realize that they don't have to worry about a bully. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say. And you know what? What did we did? What what did we do? We taught our kids how to if somebody disses you, how to diss back where you don't feel like you're attacked, 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 attacked. You know, if you hit our kid, what 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 do we teach? Okay, if somebody hits you, you defend yourself so that you never are in a position where you feel like you're getting beat, 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 beat. Because in this world, this world is a nasty world. You know, somebody said this the other day, and it's like almost dealing every day we're in abusive relationship. Wait, what? Every day, it's almost like we're in an abusive relationship and we continue to take it. Think about it. Every day we open up our phone, right? Mm -hmm. And we go to social media. There's always one or two people saying something negative. Right? Um, I don't think that's everybody's experience. Most people. I I know for me, it is. (laughs) There's always somebody saying something negative. But you open it up every day and and you take it. It's like... 
it's kind of like every day I open up my phone and somebody's like, oh, you bitch ass, you beige bitch, you like this, <laughs> fuck you, you ugly. I don't know why that was You this, you that. Like, I hear it all the time. Uh-huh. But it's kind of like an abusive relationship because every day I click on my phone and I get a couple of these comments. Mm-hmm. And I hyper-focus on what? Those comments. As I, opposed to the positive. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like being in an abusive relationship where every day you get hit in the head. And if you don't have a strong backbone or a strong will this could break you to fuck down and you see it all the time with celebrities you see it all the time with regular people Mm -hmm. that's why i think a lot of times people uh get hooked to drugs because the drugs take them away from this abusive relationship Mm -hmm. the social media so going back to the kids i want i try to teach the kids self-confidence and not worry about what people say because i'm preparing them for this abusive relationship that they will get one day having social media. Somebody's going to say something. You don't have to keep showing me the phone. Oh. I know what you're talking about. But he that, keeps showing me the phone. But that's how I feel. <laughs> referring to this world and social media. And I never want my kid to feel like, oh, daddy, I came to him for protection and he bought the person that's hurting me a new clothes. You know, and I never want the person that I bought the new clothes, a new outfit for to beat my child up wearing the new clothes that I bought him. But Rashawn, that's, and I don't, I don't, I hope that this doesn't come off insulting, but that's a little small minded. I am. You're just going to admit it and not attempt to do better? No, I am. It's, it's certain things that, it's certain things that I just don't do. And people can call me small minded and they can call me an asshole, but that's who I am well, as I didn't a call you an asshole. I just because, called you small, a little, a little small minded. No, no, minded. when it comes to the world I support everybody I try to you know build homes in the hood to, to make sure low income family have a, has a great place to stay I try to do as much as I possibly can for whoever I can mm-hmm. but when it comes to Madison Logan London Jackson Brooklyn Gear, I don't play around nor do I want to play like I, I just certain things I don't I don't joke with. I don't take I don't laugh. It's not funny to me. And if you don't like it, honestly, excuse my French, you can suck my dick from the back because that's my family. And that's how I feel. And if you don't agree with me, that's cool. We don't have to agree. But that's how I feel when it comes to Madison, Logan, London, Jackson, Brooklyn, and Gear. And I understand that. I understand you. I know you. But my family is extraordinarily important to me, but community is also important to me. It is to And me too. I do believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And I think that everybody in a community should do their part. And if you see something that isn't right, then you respectfully do what you can to help in that situation. And if something is screaming at you it's in your face and it's sitting there yapping at you and you ignore it then what kind of person does that make you this man went and spoke to the child in defense of his own child correct and he learned something right through that conversation so what kind of man would he have been to take that information and still look at that child on an immature level and not care and still only be concerned with his child. We're talking about an eight-year-old. We're not talking about a 17-year-old that punched your 17-year-old in the face. Uh We're talking about a child 
Do you understand? I do understand. Now, if you saying. if you realize that this child, this eight year old, mm-hmm. is homeless and doesn't have clean clothes to wear, mm-hmm. for you to look at that situation and not do anything about it, uh-huh. not want to do anything about it, that's um, that's something that you know anyone that has that stance might want to address in their own minds and in their own hearts you i don't believe Mm -hmm. that you are really putting yourself in this situation step by step blow by blow as though it's actually happening i think you're hearing the story and kind of thinking about it in a surface kind of way. No, not at all. I do, I do. Because I know you, and if an eight-year-old, even if he was bullying your child, told you that he was homeless and he didn't have clean clothes or clean sneakers to wear to school, Mm -hmm. I know you, and you would say to yourself, like, wow, that's why this kid is acting out. That's why this kid is so angry. And Rashawn Casey would want to do something about it. You may sit here and say no, but I know you. And I know you would come home and have a conversation and it would go something like this. Like, Gee, that kid really needs some help. I think we should take him shopping. I could see you absolutely 100% saying that. I don't know. Maybe We, we should do something maybe, for that kid. It depends. Yes. If he stopped bullying my child, then well, maybe. Rashawn, but not, no, no, not no. on the road to get there. No, and, and we, I, I think so. We're... Put it in perspective. We're talking about an eight-year-old child. What is that? Second grade? Eight years old. That second is. grade, I think. Second or third grade, yeah. Second grade, I think. We're talking about second graders. Do you know what I mean? Like, a reasonable adult would say to themselves, like, wow, that's the reason why this kid has so much. Yeah, I think third grade, but huh? I don't think so. I think it's... Second think or third. So. Whichever way, it doesn't matter. But... I think that a reasonable adult would say like, wow, that's why this kid is acting out and being so mean, even though my son was the victim. And that would be a teaching moment. That would be a moment where you go home and you sit down with your eight year old and you explain to your eight year old what's happening and why that child was being so mean to him. You teach your child compassion and empathy and open mindedness and forgiveness. Right. That's what you teach your child. You know, you say, okay, well, I don't want to teach my child that it's okay to bully. I don't want to teach my child that, you know, this kid bullied him and now I'm out here taking shopping so he can kick his ass with some new kicks on. Like, no, no, you teach your child the godly way of looking at things. That's what you teach your child. That's parenting. That's parenting. You teach your child lessons that they take and they carry with them throughout life. So what's the godly way? Godly way is not to hit back, right? It's to turn your cheek, right? That that is the quote unquote godly way. Yeah. And And, and I, hold on. I'm not teaching my child that. I do believe that initially you tell the teacher and you tell your parents. We've discussed that on previous podcasts before. I believe that that's how you handle someone that puts their hands on you in school. Nah. In school. I'm not talking about on the agree. street and it's someone that you're not going to see again that's not going to put you in a, a position where you develop a reputation for yourself or it can cause problems. I don't agree. I'm not talking about that. But in school, when we're talking about children, I think someone puts their hands on you, you tell. I don't agree. Okay. Well, we disagree on that. I, and and we've already, you, we've already, back. okay, but we've already talked about that. You can teach your child that at the same time, but the godly way. In this situation, 
would be for the father to go home, explain to his child what's going on and say, you know, why don't all three of us go shopping and get this kid some of the things that he needs? And then let's see if that changes his attitude. Let's see if his behavior changes at that point. I don't I don't agree. I mean, we can have that conversation after he stops bullying my kid. But you just said something. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not 17 years old and he's not a fight. Yeah. okay, he's not 17 years old. But there's so many cases where kids like this 11 year old kid. Right. I'm not going to say the name. He was bullied because he was small for his age and wound up killing himself. So he was 11 years old, Mm -hmm. eight year old kid. He just came out the closet and and, um, he said he was gay and he was bullied and he he wound up killing himself. Mm -hmm. 10-year-old kid. uh, um, This was a female. She was bullied and taunted and she she wound up killing herself. 12-year-old. Six year old, like these are kids that are killing themselves. It has nothing to do yes, with seven, 17 really years happens. old, right? It really happens. And my whole thing is, but punching I, the kid in the face isn't going to stop these kids from hurting themselves because they're hurt inside. What you're proposing isn't the answer. What What am I proposing? That defending yourself and hitting a kid that hits you is going to solve all of their emotional issues from being bullied. I do think that. No, it comes from parenting. I do think so. Do think Hold so. on. It comes from parenting and having a soft place to land when they get home. If they're being bullied at school, to come home and be able to talk to their parents and talk to people that love them, that can help them, not only by conversation, but yes, by going to the school, by getting to the root of the problem, by solving it or remedying it before it turns into a monster that destroys these children. Do you understand what I'm saying? And giving your children as much information as you can, coupled with love and guidance, that is parenting. Okay. That's parenting. In your opinion, I don't agree. These kids didn't commit suicide because they didn't punch somebody in the face. I didn't say anything about they didn't commit suicide by punching in their face. I said that I feel like as a parent, I teach my kid, if somebody does something to you, you defend yourself. If somebody says something about you, you defend yourself. If somebody hits you, you defend yourself. If they're talking about you, you talk about I them back. I believe in defending And the reason yourself. I believe that is because I believe it builds a confidence in you that you feel like no matter who comes at you, I have the confidence and the willpower to come back and it never bothers you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel. I feel like I don't if, some, if somebody that. hits my kid, Yes, I, they they are supposed to. If you hit my kid, you got the nerve to reach out and smack my kid or punch my kid or with a slap, whatever it may be. My kid's going to do it back immediately. And you know what that's going to do nine times out of ten? That's going to make the, 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 the person say, you know what? That's going to make the person say, you know what? I'm not going to slap this kid anymore because I know he's going to hit me back. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to hit anybody anymore because I don't want to get hit back the way that I, he just got hit me back. And I see that being the way a lot of bullies stop their bullshit because they why do they why do people usually bully one because they know they could get away with it i'm not gonna bully somebody that's gonna fuck me up back or bully somebody that's gonna do something back to me i'm not because then it's a fight and i don't want to fight most bullies don't want to fight but i'm a bully somebody that i can and once they realize that they can't they stop immediately just like people on social media what happens when somebody goes at you on social media they can go at you seven times. You go at them back one time. And they backpedal. And what usually happens? They apologize. They backpedal. Right. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because they're not really strong to begin with. Absolutely. Which and that's what I'm teaching my kids when it comes to it. Okay. See, let me 
let me try to explain what I think is missing here. Okay. You said that you want to make sure that your child has the nerve and that your child has the confidence. A person can have nerve, all the nerve in the world and all of the confidence in the world and not act out and not use that nerve and that confidence as an excuse or a reason to punch somebody in the face. Confidence and nerve can also show itself in the form of self-control. Do you understand? A strong person isn't just a person that acts out. A strong person is a person that can also be reserved when they choose to. So to me, good parenting is giving your child that nerve and that confidence where, you know, someone can bully them and they can recognize it and decide how they want to move forward. But it's a decision. It's a matter of self-control. And a child that's being parented well and being taught well can discern when that is called for and when it's not, when it's in their best interest and when it's not. I'm not going to just give a general answer because each situation is a case by case thing. There's no one answer. There may be a time where a child's being bullied that in that moment, the other kid might need to get punched in the face. Yes, that's true. Mm hmm. But then there are times where a child might have to sit back and say, you know, that's not my best interest right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think it's in my best interest to tell the teacher and to tell my parents to let them handle it. And right. if that doesn't work when they tell the teacher, then maybe the parents need to go a step further. And this person, his name is Aubrey. He went a step further. He went and spoke to the child. But you can't tell me, no one can tell me that after identifying that this child, this eight-year-old is suffering themselves and being hurt themselves and as a reasonable adult to be able to identify that that is the reason why they're acting out and to pull back and decide not to do anything about it, not to help that child, knowing that that child doesn't have anyone to help them is unreasonable to me Mm. it's unreasonable we do what we can to help anybody that we can that needs help like you do what you can if you see somebody that's in need and you turn your back and then create an excuse for it that's no good like that's no good like you have to stop and examine that you have to think about that because now we're talking about kids and let me tell you you can simultaneously put your child first Teach them nerve and confidence and help a child that's hurting them because there's nobody there to teach them the same and to provide for them. Okay, You can do them both at the same time. It's not a choice. It's not one or the other. You can do both. And at the same time, you can give your child a gem. Okay. you. I mean, we can agree to disagree. I mean, I, I don't agree. My whole thing is I'm going to protect my child. How, Why can't you protect your child and help another child at the same time? Answer me that. Okay. Why can't you? All right, because you never know what a child's intention was or what they consider in doing. How, how old was the girl that cut your face? Um, She was 17. 17. And there was a bunch of girls, and the ages ranged from how old to how old? The girls that jumped you and they cut They were all about 17. There was some that was 16, there was some that was 15, and there was some that was 17. A 15-year-old cut your face, or was a part of the people that jumped you and cut your face, correct? Okay. Now, that's a 15-year-old that, honestly, I don't give a fuck about. I don't want to help. I don't. 
you got you got the galls and the gajonas and the balls to jump somebody and cut their face. I don't want to help you. That's me. I want to protect my kids. I that's like your mom coming in with like the girl who you know jumped you. You know what? Um, I spoke to them and. You know, they, you know, whatever's happening in their family, they're not living right. So, you know, I'm going to take them shopping because I understand where this bullying's coming from. Fuck that. Okay. So, Fuck well, that's not, but that's, that's not a fair analogy. Bully is a bully to me. No, that's not how, necessarily. That's how I feel. First of all, we're talking about 17 year old girls. That's number one. And number two, Youngest we're talking about, we're talking about girls that were carrying around blades with the deliberate intention of cutting people's faces. I, don't, I honestly don't so, know. So that's a completely different scenario. Like I said, it's a case by case thing. But I tell you one thing. If someone credible came to me with a story or a testimonial as to why that girl did what she did. And if it was something that I was able to understand not to say that I'd be like, hey, let's be best friends, but I would be, I would, at the time, you know, I wasn't taught about forgiveness and things of that nature, but had I known then what I know now and there was a reason to forgive her, I would have been able to forgive her at that time. Oh, well, you're, you're nicer to me. I know what your, I'm saying is your that dad, your dad was not forgiving her. Um, like that, I said, I wasn't taught. Yes no. I wasn't taught like a lot of us. Would your dad have forgiven that girl? My father wouldn't have. No, no. but what no. I'm trying to tell you is, you know that, why? Because that's because you're his Because uh, this is my. But this is and my. Hold on, but listen, stop. This is my point. He's it's about being better. And I'm the same way. With when my kids. I was that age, I never sat down with my parents and had conversations about forgiveness and looking deeper into a situation and not just looking at what people do but looking at why people do the things that they do. The why is so much more important to me than the action. And that's where forgiveness comes in. Forgiveness comes in when you seek to understand the why. And that's very important to me because what people do, that's just the superficial. That comes from somewhere. People are who they are based on a series of experiences, based on what, they're, what they've learned, what they've been taught. And a lot of times, I'm going to be honest with you, you can't 100% fault people for where they end up. Oh yes, I can. Not not one hundred percent. Yes, I not can. Not one hundred percent. Because you but was my point touched as a kid. You want to touch my kid, and I'm supposed to forgive you and understand. Oh, I understand you touched my kid because you were touched as a kid. Fuck that. I'm not understand. I don't have to understand, nor do I have to forgive. <laughs> I don't no, no, no. Have see, to. but what you're what you're confusing is understanding something and tolerating something. Yes, if someone is touched as a kid and they grow up to become a pedophile. I can understand how they became a pedophile. Does it make it okay? No. Should it be tolerated? No. But can you understand where they where it came from and why they became that? Yes, you can understand it. Do they need no. to be stopped? Yes, they need to be stopped, clearly. But I'm just talking about the first step of just understanding people. And when we stop being concerned with understanding people, then society and the sense of community just goes to hell in a wheelbarrow. 
We have to have compassion. We have to have empathy. We have to freaking care about people and not just the people that live under our roof. No, I do care about people and I care about a lot of people and I help a lot of people. I absolutely positively do. do. And I will continue to. But when you fuck with my kids or fuck with my family, I don't fuck with you. That's that's who that's who I am for life. That's how I was raised. That's how my dad raised me. And that's how I'll continue to be. If you fuck with my family, there is no apologizing. And if you do apologize, that's for yourself, because I will still look at you as a clown. I will still look at you as how I look at you. I will. And that's who I am as a person. I am trying to be better as a person, but I am not there. I I just it is who it is. If you talked about my kids or you talked about my wife, just know we have problems for life. Now, we don't have to fight each other every time we see it. I just don't fuck with you and you don't fuck with me. My problem with what you're saying is that it's extraordinarily absolute and it's absolutely concrete. Like what you're saying is that there is no bend. There's no exceptions. There's no wiggle room. And I don't think that that applies to life, period, where there's no bend. There's no understanding. There's no wiggle room. There's no exception. There should be bend, wiggle room, and exception to most things. Maybe not all things, but to most things. So you mean to tell me that you're not interested in understanding people? No, I'm not. Hmm. Well, that's where you and I are different. And that's why we have a difference difference of opinion in this scenario. I care. and, And it's a shame because you care about people. I do. Sometimes I think that you care about people too much mm-hmm. and I'm a person, I'm no wuss. I'm very protective of my family. Um, I think that a lot of time I go through life with an iron fist, like I'm no pushover. And at the same time, I can care about people and go the extra mile or think outside of the box or be open-minded when it comes to people even if they harm me and mine I think that you can do both it's in my opinion what being well-rounded is about but being so absolute and so just decisive and that leading the way that you approach situations is um I'll just leave it to say that I don't think that it's good I think that there's room for improvement there okay all right all right well we have to go we've been talking this for 35 minutes and I gotta get to work <laughs> so we will see you in a, a day or so for the regular Casey crew podcast mm-hmm. um and leave a comment and let us know what you think. That's right. I'd um, like to know where you guys stand. Okay. With this. Just leave it under the last picture or, you know, if we put a post up to um, let you guys know that the podcast is out. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in a couple of days for the Casey Group Podcast. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.